Open your Bibles tonight, just for a few moments, over to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. And uh, we'll continue in our series about our, your source of supply next Wednesday night. Tonight, just, uh, the Lord just wanted to go in a different direction. In chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Do we begin to commend ourselves, or need we as some other epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? For you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. And such confidence, such boldness, such assurance that you and I have through Christ to Lord God. We have confidence. We have faith in the power of God. We have confidence and we have faith in the mercy of God. We have faith and we have confidence in the delivering power, the healing power, the filling power that is in the name of Jesus that we sing about. Our faith is not in our good looks. It's not in our building. Our confidence is not in our education. Our confidence is through Christ to God work. Hallelujah. Jesus said, have faith in God. Hallelujah. Who hath made us able ministers. I want you to know tonight that you are not a disabled minister. You are an abled minister. There's nothing disabled about you. In Christ there are no inadequacies, there are no insecurities. In Christ there are no disabilities. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your name is. You are an able minister of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. We need to see that. Because you see, our sufficiency is not in ourselves. But our sufficiency is of God. The ability that you and I have doesn't come from this earth. Our source of supply does not come from this place. It comes from heaven. It comes from His glory. And it comes from His grace. Oh, praise God. My ability and your ability is of God. When His super comes upon your natural, what you've got is supernatural ability from heaven. And that's why what ought to echo through the corridors of our life on a regular basis, that I can do all things through Christ the Anointed One and His anointing, which strengthens me. I heard a preacher say years ago that success comes in cans. I can do it. We can do it. We can make it. <clears throat> because Christ already made it for us. Our sufficiency is of God who have also has made us able ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but what does the Holy Ghost do? What should the Holy Ghost be doing in the local church? The Holy Ghost 
should have freedom to move and he should be giving life. He should be quickening mortal bodies. He should lift the despondent. He is the one, hallelujah, that we uh, invite to manifest in our midst. He's made us able ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away, how shall not the ministry of the Holy Ghost be rather glorious? You see, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is emancipation and complete freedom from any kind of bondage whatsoever. And so when the Spirit of the living God lives on the inside of you, bondage in your life ought to be a thing of the past. Because the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of liberty. I'm telling you, He will liberate you from yourself. He will liberate you from being carnal. He will free you up from anything that would entangle you, anything that would bring bondage into your life. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm not looking at a group of bondage, people in bondage. I'm looking at a group of liberated saints. And that's the way we should be conducting ourselves in our lives. Not just when we come to church, but in the home, at business, wherever we might be. We should not be tangled up with anything of this world. Hallelujah. And so I encourage you to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Whatever bondage it might be, legalism, religion, fleshiness, carnality, you have been set free. And so then we must stand fast in that. Amen. Glory to God. And so, in verse 9, For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect, by reason of the glory that excelleth. For that which is done away was glorious, talking about the law and talking about Moses. Much more, that which remaineth is glorious. Now, you have been liberated, and that's awesome, but part of our ministry is to also liberate others. Or to set the captives free. Now, we could never ever set the captives free if we weren't free ourselves. And we could never set the captives free if we were not furnished with the ability to set the captives free. Or the tools to set people free. We sang about it tonight. I believe that the number one tool to set the captives free is the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Everyone say the name of Jesus. Jesus. Say it again, the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
And one more time, the name of Jesus. So we've been liberated to liberate others. What do you mean liberate others? I mean just people in your world. Sometimes people just need a, a kind word. You know, that's liberating to a person that gets cussed out at home all day. People may just need a smile. That's liberating to a person that has never experienced any love before. Liberation. Freedom. That's you. And that's me. And that's what this church is all about. I got to thinking about Sunday and being the 34th anniversary that Ben and I here are, are here. And I just kept getting this word in my spirit, my hope for the next five years. My hope for the next five years. My hope for the next five years. And we're doing that series, you know, on abounding. And the Bible talks about that we could abound in hope. And as we have faith in God, that there will be a great joy and a great peace in our lives as we are abounding in hope. And the number one hope that I have in my heart for this church is for you. My prayer is that you prosper. My prayer is that you walk in everything that God's called you to walk in. My prayer is for those, and my hope is for those that have been sidelined by circumstance and sidelined by this and that would get back in the game and that they would ever be abounding in the work of the Lord. My hope for Heart of the Bay is that there would be no unused members. But everyone would get a revelation that every person is an able minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have a place in grace and we have a part to play in the grand, grand, glorious gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I don't want to preach too much about it, but that's one of my biggest hopes. That's my confident, favorable expectation. The people that were once on fire that are not on fire anymore, that they would be refired. The gifts that have lined dormant for people in years at one time, they were active in their giftings. I'm praying that that gift will be stirred up and it will come to the front and that people will fulfill all that God's called them to do. That's my hope. That's my vision. That's my heart. Hallelujah. And so, without going too deep into it, let's continue to look at this chapter. In verse 11 it says, For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. I'm telling you, God's not done yet with this church. God's not done yet with you. We have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Mm. And you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And in verse 12 it says, Seeing then that we have such hope. How many of you got hope? I pray for abounding hope for every one of us. Abounding hope. 
seeing that we have such hope, we are not going to try to impress people with our speech. Like Paul said, for my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit of God and the power of God. And so we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly to the end of that which was abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until that day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ Jesus. The veil has been removed. Verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moses has read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, you all, youans, weans, usins, all of us, here at Heart of the Bay, we all, with open face, Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. This is my hope. That the eyes of people's understanding would be enlightened and that they would look into the perfect law of liberty, not just when they have a need, but looking into the perfect law of liberty on a daily basis. When things are good, when things are bad, when things are up, when things are down, when things are cold, when things are hot, when things are lukewarm. Yeah. But we all, everyone say we all. We all. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We are changed into that same image from what? Where are we heading in the next five years? We are heading from glory to glory. Strength to strength, faith to faith, victory to victory. We are increasing in ever-increasing splendor. And I believe that I individually and us corporately, we're going to go from one degree of glory to the next. And things are going to be on the increase. But let us set the right atmosphere for His glory to be in manifestation. Amen. Amen. And then lastly, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. From glory to glory, he's changing me. Changing me. Changing me. Hallelujah. If you haven't been changed recently, it's a good indicator that maybe you need to get in the glory more. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and notice with me in verse 19 nevertheless the foundation of God how does it stand it stands sure having this seal the Lord knows them that are his and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ 
that has been liberated, that has been saved, that has been filled with the Holy Spirit, let everyone, glory to God, depart from iniquity. And then he begins to talk about a great house. He says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of what? See, we understand that we do not have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen? This treasure is in Christ, which is in us. And he said, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor, and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these. Well, we don't want to be purged from that which is gold and silver. But anything that's wood, (laughs) come on. Anything that's fleshy. Anything that's hay. And anything that's stubble. You know that's going to all be burnt up. The day is going to reveal it. But why not invite the fire of God to burn it up right now? Amen. 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 Glory to God. Let her burn. If a man purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel. And that's us. He shall be a vessel. Unto what? Unto honor. I believe the greatest honor that you can give the head of the church is to pray a regular prayer. Lord, Your will be done in my life. The perfect will of God be done in my life, in my family. He shall be a vessel. You shall be a vessel unto honor. Sanctified. That word sanctified there means set apart. Sanctified and meet That's an old English word there, meet. It simply means able. Meet, sanctified, and able for the master's use and being prepared unto every good work. Hallelujah. You know what I believe is happening in the body of Christ, that God is preparing his people for what he's prepared for them. And sometimes in those preparation stages, you may see some things that need to go. Don't fight it. Just let it go. You can't do it in your own strength. That's why the power of the blood is there. That's why the fire of God is there. The fire of God not only fires you up for service, but it burns the chaff out of your life. Amen? Praise God. Notice the next verse. He goes on to say, Flee also youthful lusts. In verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts. But here's what we're going to follow in these last days. Number one, we're going to follow what? Righteousness. What is that? We're going to follow our right standing with God. And... We are going to take our place in righteousness and we're going to be bolder than we've ever been before in this day, in this hour. Our spiritual father, my spiritual father, and many of you here, Dad Hagen, when he was alive and when he was doing the Holy Ghost meetings 
at the end of the morning sessions, oftentimes we would gather together at the altar and we would pray like they prayed in Acts chapter 4. And one of the things that happened in Acts chapter 4 is boldness came upon them. I believe it's scriptural to pray for boldness. I believe it's scriptural to pray for boldness. God wants us to be bold before the throne of grace. Bold before men on earth. And certainly bold toward the devil. Here's what we're going to follow in these last days. This is awesome to follow. Follow your right standing with God. Follow faith. For you and I are to live and to walk and to talk and to see by faith in this last day. Faith is worthy of living by and worthy of following. And then follow charity, walking in the love of God, for the love of God never fails in peace. God imparts a peace to his people that passes all understanding. I'm not sure of everything that's going to come upon the earth in this last day, in these last hours, but I am sure of one thing, that my Redeemer liveth. And I'm sure of another thing, that I have a covenant with a covenant-keeping God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I believe that he's got you and he takes care of his own. So while the world is going nuts and while the world is going crazy and while this is happening here and this is happening there, you make sure that you don't buy into the lie and you follow after peace. Follow after the peace of God with all of your heart. Amen? Amen? Anything else must be purged. If a man will purge himself from these. He'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified for the master's use. God cannot use people that are full of fear. He doesn't use people that are all condemned and just all hung up about me, myself, and I. No. He uses people just like you. And so flee also youthful lust. Flee anything of the curse. I'm not done with that verse yet. Thank you anyway. But follow righteousness. Let's everybody stand.